lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Back here, it's like we never left. Greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I would be Steve Dace. He would be Todd Erzin. That over there would be Aaron McIntyre. Who would you be? Let us know. In fact, you can also let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can also follow me on Twitter and you can look for me, Steve Dace, on Facebook, MeWe, Gab, and Parlor. If you are looking for clips of the program, you need to look for Rumble.com slash Show. Again, that's Rumble.com slash Show. All right, today on the program, we have a fantastic question from one of our listeners slash viewers that we are going to answer for Theology Thursday. I mean, this is a really good critical thinking question. How good of a question is this? Are you guys ready for this? Yes. I have actually written out a portion of how I intend to answer this. Wow, you never do that. I mean, I never do that, folks. I mean, I, I go speak in front of audiences um, and have no, I mean, and we, this isn't a Benny Hinn event. We're not like putting marks in the crowd, okay? I mean, live questioning. I don't know what questions are going to get asked. I don't know who these people are. Uh, all off the cuff. I would say at least 90% of this show every day is off the cuff, right? Oh, more. More. I mean, every I'm counting the times like look at a live read script, you know. Oh, okay. You know, like I'm going to do right now, for example, when I talk about our friends over at Patriot Wine. If you like to have a glass of wine a, a little every now and then, uh, how about one that's ten times healthier? Because down in Argentina, they make this really dark red wine from Malbec grapes that are grown at uh, over nine thousand feet. These grapes have also, and these wines have been lab tested. They contain up to ten times the level of the noted longevity and heart health nutrient called resveratrol. So that is powerful stuff. Shows up in a lot of studies, you know, before those were all polluted by the science. Uh, But it also, these wines contain 90% less sugar, fewer chemicals, additives, but they don't have uh, 90% less flavor. They're all delicious. Each of us have had the pleasure of trying at least a a bottle of these. Red wine, great for grilling season. If you love grilling out this time of year, great with a steak or with your barbecue. So if you want to give it a shot, how about 50% off the shipping and 50% off the wine? This is high-end imported wine for 50% off the product, but then an additional 50% off of the shipping as well. Makes a great gift. Patriot Wine 2021.com. That's Patriot Wine 2021.com. So back to the point I was making there a minute ago. Yeah, I mean, this question is so good that part of it is I wanted to make sure I answered this question. The other part was the the possible the possible answers to this question or the possible answer to this question is so dense that I was concerned I'd just like ramble on. Do you guys think that's a legitimate concern that I might do that? Yes. <laughs> no, never. Aaron had the correct answer. He will get paid on the 30th. Todd, try again. All right. Would you like to try again now or you want to wait? Let's see how this goes. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Okay. So I, here I am trying a little self-awareness. You attempted to dunk on me, but I did ask for it. So dude code upheld. But um, no, I wanted to make sure I did not ramble on and I, I, you know, answered his question sufficiently. So, I mean, I did something that you guys know I rarely do. 
Like I'll go give a speech at like a shirt and tie event. I won't like have, I might write down a couple of talking points. I want to make sure I hit. And then the rest of it is just all off the cuff. But for this question, I decided I better go ahead and bring a few receipts. Okay. Yeah. And That's just how good to be it is. Fair, you never ramble on, but you might say too much about one bullet point because you yes. get lathered up That's a good and point. then not finish the race because there's not enough time that is acceptable That's, criticism and you may indeed now get paid again so thank, thank you. you yes yeah slight recovery yeah that was well I, we, I, I thought maybe that ball was going to sneak through the hole between short and third but you went ahead and made a diving attempt there to keep it in I'm play scrappy. I'm scrappy. Yeah, you are scrappy like that. <laughs> you are all right so we'll do theology thursday this is aaron's weekly notification of have come up with something between oh, now and no. in 90 minutes for it thursday again yes three non-political questions at the bottom of this hour uh, we're going to be joined by somebody who is pretty much just turned out to be right about everything uh, Dr. Simone Gold of America's Frontline Doctors. Uh, she will be our guest here at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of those zany hijinks, of course, we must begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the only baker in Denver, Colorado. A court in Colorado has ruled that Jack Phillips, the beleaguered baker in Denver who has been the target of judicial and activist harassment for the better part of the last decade due to his religious beliefs, must now create cakes that celebrate transgenderism. This latest case involves a dude who feels pretty named Autumn Scardinia, who happens to be a lawyer, who sued Jack Phillips and his cake shop for refusing to bake a cake celebrating Mr. Scardinia's so-called gender transition. Alliance Defending Freedom is representing Phillips and said in a press release, quote, This case and others, including the case of floral artist Baronel Stutzman, whose petition is pending before the U.S. Supreme Court, represents a disturbing trend, the weaponization of our justice system to ruin those with whom the activists disagree. The harassment of people like Jack and Baronel has been occurring for nearly a decade and must stop. We will appeal this decision and continue to defend the freedom of all Americans to peacefully live and work according to their deeply held beliefs without fear of punishment, end quote. In completely unrelated news, Republican California Congressman Daryl Issa tweets, It's clearer than ever. You can't stop big tech with big government. Moving on, Dr. Anthony Fauci continues his shameless gaslighting on the lab leak hypothesis. Even though you lean towards feeling that this is more likely a natural occurrence, we always felt that you've got to keep an open mind, all of us. We didn't get up and start announcing it, but we've always said keep an open mind and continue to look. So I think it's a bit of a distortion to say that we su deliberately suppress that. COVID Kardashian Dr. Scott Gottlieb says, yeah, the coronavirus could have been here in late 2019. If you look at the data that's come out of China or the reporting that's come out of China, excuse me, the Chinese government really hasn't released any data. But there's been reports in the South China Morning Post and, and Caxon as well saying that they have banked samples that show that the virus was circulating as early as mid-November. And that's from the public reporting. And it could have been circulating even earlier than that. So it's possible this was circulating in China much earlier than we suspect. And that has started to get exported on a small basis to other countries. It certainly seems to be the case, based on the studies that we now have, that this was circulating in the United States. Certainly by January, it was spreading in New York City. In completely unrelated news, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced yesterday he's ending all the state's COVID restrictions. The state mandates that have proven right and correct and brought us through this pandemic 
are relaxed as of today. Effect a bunch of gender-confused dudes gathered together to sing a hymn of praise for the vaccine, or a dirge for Western civilization. Congressman Thomas Massey was asked if he's taken the vaccine. Well, first of all, it's none of your business, but I'm going to tell you, I'm not vaccinated. And until there's some science, by the way, I have a master's of science degree from MIT. I'm not a virologist, but I can read data. Everybody just needs to read and don't put your head in the sand. Look at the data. I'm not going to get the vaccine until there's data that shows that it will improve upon the immunity that's been conferred to me as a result of a natural infection that I had. Speaking of Congress, it passed a bill yesterday making Juneteenth a federal holiday. Juneteenth has been recognized since the late 1800s and has been an official state holiday in Texas for 40 years. The most recent Gallup poll of Juneteenth shows 40% of all U.S. adults don't know or don't care what Juneteenth is. Only 7% of Republicans surveyed wanted to make it a federal holiday. Jobless claims rose yet again on the week-to-week -week basis. Initial jobless claims totaled 412,000 last week, an increase of 37,000 from the previous week and higher than the estimated 360,000. And finally, public health experts. Here's J.P. Sears. Hi, I'm J.P. Sears. I'm the head of the Center for Dominance and Control over People. And I'm here today to answer questions about a recent recommendation for people to stab themselves with knives. There's a lot of misinformation going around out there. I can assure you it is completely safe to stab yourself. There have been no adverse effects from knifing reported. It's not only completely safe to knife yourself, it's the socially responsible thing to be pressured into doing. There is absolutely no reason to be concerned for pregnant women. In our long-term clinical trials with tens of thousands of volunteers that span the course of an hour and a half, we found pregnant women had the best outcomes. The science speaks for itself. We found it's unsafe for young children not to knife themselves. So much so that children will need to be knifed in order to safely return to schools. We've heard reports of profuse bleeding and even internal organ damage in some cases. But the knife manufacturers have looked closely and caringly at these cases and have found no evidence that these adverse reactions are in any way linked to knifings. And that's what happened while we were away. Oh my. Oh my, that's his best one yet. I mean, you guys know how I feel about the Babylon Bee. It's where I want to work when I grow up. I'm just not good enough to work there yet. That is Babylon Bee next level material right there. Oh, yeah. And he's I mean, this guy's had a lot yeah. of great social commentary, but that one, yeah. dude. Right? He said a lot of solid line drives in the gap that will bring yeah. home the winning run. Okay? Yeah. But that is... Reggie Jackson stops and, 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 and just watches the trajectory of the ball there as it enters into the, the, the upper right yeah. field deck of Yankee Stadium. Good. That one is. Wow. Wow. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Patriot Mobile. You know, it's the time of year we celebrate our independence and the values that make America great. Now more than ever, though, 
That means it's important for us to support companies like Patriot Mobile who not only share our beliefs, but stand behind them with action as well. It's America's only conservative uh, wireless provider. They donate a portion of every dollar that you spend with them to organizations that fight for the causes that we care about. And right now, you've got two great offers with Patriot Mobile to choose from. Either get 50% off your first two months or $100 off any phone. Both come with a free premiere activation. You just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve for more details where Patriot Mobile has the broadest network coverage across the country because they use all the same towers as the major providers. You just get the same great service, but for less money and without the propaganda. All right, switching is easy. If you want to learn more again, uh, go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Again, get either 50% off your first two months or $100 off any phone at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, or you can give them a call at 972-PATRIOT. Remember, speaking of Patriots, veterans, first responders, you save even more, so let them know when you call at 972-PATRIOT. To Aaron's montage we go, and I just remain flummoxed. That poor Jack Phillips is the only cake baker in a bustling metropolis like Denver, right? It's just truly remarkable. You would think a city of that size, there would be a more of a market for cakes than just to have one poor schlep be the guy responsible for an entire town but alas, I, I I guess it's a very niche market there in Denver. We've been talking a lot about Wuhan luck recently as well. I would imagine there are not very many uh, tranny attorneys, uh, lawyers with practices set up in, in Denver or in any city, but Denver. Uh, what are the chances as well this uh, oh, tranny attorney found apparently the only the only baker in Denver? Cal- I mean, the... the don't have Wuhan left. Sometimes two have... people are met for each other, exactly. Aaron. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, just like two ships passing in the night, and then you never know what happens when they collide, Todd. Well, if we're going to talk about luck, do you think there's some providential timing with uh, this happening again and the Supreme Court decision that just came down this morning? Uh, it was unanimous uh, in favor of uh, uh, adoption agents, Catholic adoption agencies, out east, and this you know how far back this goes. Mm-hmm. You are. This you, has been a fight since Romney yes, was governor of Massachusetts, yes. yeah. and they defended the 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 uh, those abortion, excuse me, those adoption agencies to yes select based. It was on unanimous. Any, I've not seen this uh, one yet. It was they, unanimous. They, 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 they did are, all nine vote on this. Did some like I, uh, abstain? I just saw okay. unanimous. Okay, but that you are not discounted from adopting simply because you believe that uh, fathers and mothers are a real thing. Hmm. Um, some of you are going to ask me, why is this any different? If, why does Jack get to say he doesn't have to bake a cake for trannies? If, and then we get to turn around and tell corporations that they can't force us to take an injection. Why, why are those two things different? Here's the difference. Jack is striking a defensive posture. There's a thing in our in our form of government. See, these are the, I'm going to tell you something. We used to get taught this like 50 years ago. This is how we were taught in America, maybe even longer. The difference between positive rights and negative rights. Okay. Jack is striking a negative right, meaning you don't have the right to come to my business and impose your beliefs on me with my conscience and intellectual property. 
when a corporation says you you have to inject yourself with an experimental substance we get to impose our values on you well steve they say no shirt no shoes no service they do say that do they tell you what shirt to wear which shoes to buy do they tell you that not no yet. not yet yeah no Here they're telling you, you have to take a specific injection that remains experimental in nature, by the way. You have to, they get to impose coercively their will on you. The way God-given rights work. So like, for example, can someone, can a Satanist say, well, I'm, I, we have religious freedom, so I have a right to child sacrifice. No. Because you are not free to use your God-given rights in a way that impose on someone else's God-given rights. That's where the boundaries are. Those are the differences between negative and positive rights. Jack the Baker himself, and I, forgive me, I think he actually made it the case on our show. He says, you can't do this to me and make me do this, but... If you're gay and you just yes. want a regular cake, yes. I'm, I want to sell that, it to you and that I man, have to sell that's it to you. That man, which is who he is, that man could have had almost could have had almost any other cake that he wanted made by Jack and would have and Jack would have made it. But when he crossed the line from negative to positive rights, where I now get to impose my I get to use the coercive force of government to impose my power upon you, that's where Jack is right to draw the line. In the vaccination case, it's it's the same dilemma. It's just working in reverse where the business is acting as if they get to impose this on you. For example, can a business say you have to vote Democrat in order to show up and shop there? Can they do that? Why is it that why is that principle any different? Right. They get to impose a positive right from themselves on you that you cannot refuse. Can, why can't they do that? This is the point I made, uh, I think, when Jack was on about you have to take this to the absurdity of the conclusion. Neither side, as a as a uh, means of doing business, can require you to do, like, you have to do a handstand for 10 seconds yes. before uh, I serve you or you serve me. That, no, that neither one is a, a, a simply allowable. No, it's not. It is not. And if, if it's being allowed, it's because of what I have told you all these years. And never, ever forget this. Okay, if there are, in fact, if, if we, one day we should do a specialty show, things I've said never to forget. Okay, um, here would be the top two things on the list. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me. So that's number one. Okay, or some variation for God so loved the world, right? Or some variation of that. Nothing that has been made without, without Him has been made. Something you know what I'm saying? Some Christological statement would be number one mm-hmm. that we would, some creed we would fashion or just directly cite from the Bible. Number two. We are not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. The reason why we're seeing positive rights imposed on you is because we're tolerating it. That's why. This is why. And that's really the answer to everything. The reason Drag Queen Storytime Hour has become a blessing of liberty, we tolerate it. The reason you were locked down in your homes in Illinois with your mor- from your morbidly obese governor with your guns is you tolerated it. That, I mean, that's the answer to everything. 
You have, you have as much evil as you are willing to tolerate. You tolerate it. That's the answer. I, I, the, the, I have to give Scott Gottlieb credit, I guess. To exceed Anthony Fauci's level of gaslighting, I have to tell you. That's something. That's hard to do. But that clip that Aaron played there, I think, may accomplish it. I mean, calling him the COVID Kardashian is so right on the money. This guy was for a the longest time, Billy Joel, a complete and total COVID fascist. And now he is trying to retcon and reverse engineer himself and gaslight this thing in real time. Well, yeah, I mean, we, it's clear. I mean, we got data now that shows you, folks, I, I showed you this data at the very least on a circumstantial basis 15 months ago. Remember, this was the very first pushback I lobbied against COVID, Stan. The idea of flattening the curve and all these, all these elevated graphs we were seeing you know where well we had no cases on february 28th we had no case on march 7th and now we've had this huge explosion of cases well you you weren't testing for it on february 28th march 7th okay the media wasn't fixated on it how do you flatten a curve if you don't know when it began right yep what gottlieb is now admitting is that even before we all learned the hard way by suffering them in real time. So even before we learn this the hard way through our suffering in real time, that the mitigation efforts and lockdowns don't work. Even before we learned this, the premise I asserted from the very beginning, they, before I knew if they were going to work, is they cannot work because it's too late. It's not, boy, is this going to work? It can't work. Putting a new master lock on the barn doesn't work when the Jorge's already out and the horse is gone. It doesn't matter. You just locked an empty barn. That's all you did. We import over 300,000 Chinese college students every year. Over 300,000. We don't have a city in Iowa with that population base. And by the way, does, there, does, does the Shycom government lie to those kids too? Yeah. Hell yeah, they did. Speaking of lying, this isn't a revelation to people like Gottlieb. They knew this all along. Of course they knew this all along. Because all I did was look at the CDC's own data. The whole time they were telling us, well, you can't compare it to the flu. And then when when they finally came out for the first time at the White House with the CDC coding chart. And remember how they charted it all together? Flu, pneumonia, and COVID. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Remember when I told you early on, like day one of this, guys, we're near the epidemic line for the flu here in these last two weeks before these lockdowns. Could it be possible that without knowing how to code this, that it was just being coded like this? And that's why we were right at or right below the epidemic line on two separate weeks in the final few weeks right before we declared COVID a national emergency and locked down. That at the very least, if you know how to research data, how to draw conclusions. At the very least, that that is enough information to merit further scrutiny. At the very least, it is. Because it certainly hints to the fact that something was going on. Now, that something may have just been the flu. Might have been. But 
we would at least want to know that, would we not? Yes, we would. Because if the entire premise of this is to slow and shut down an epidemiological curve, then by golly, what key piece of information would we need to know, Todd? When it started. When it started. You know, it's interesting from a medical system that constantly regales us with PSAs about early detection. Early detection. If you're not sure about that lump in your breast, that lump on your scrotum, get it checked right away. Early detection makes a difference, right? Yes. Yeah. Suddenly, we didn't seem to care all of a sudden about early detection. We just went with the current one and the narrative and the panic. This has always been true. The data he's citing about countries that have found out that they could trace this back to last November. Guys, we were telling you this a year ago at this time. It's why we told you when this book came out, everything they're copying to now, everything they're owning up to now, it was already known last year. You have learned nothing. Despite the massive gaslighting and retcon that is going on right now from Cuomo and everybody else trying to out kick out race each other now to reopen the country while still, of course, trying to punish the children. Of course, we don't care about our kids here. We just murder them before they're born. And, and then if we allow them to be born, we just murder their souls at the public library with twerking and drag time story queen hour. Right. But but everything other than let's still mask the poor kids that they're all trying to get out from underneath now. They're not citing any new data. They're not even hitting their vaccination benchmarks. Cuomo was claiming, well, we got 70% of New Yorkers. It's, it's not even 50%. It's like right around 49 when you look at their actual data. They're not even hitting their, 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 their benchmarks for vaccination. Wasn't it just 10 minutes ago Gretchen Whitmer said, well, the, you're going to be masking your toddlers at Costco until we get to 70%, right? Yeah. Yeah. They haven't even hit 70% in the bluest of counties in Michigan. There's no new information. There, everything that they're citing now to justify this, to get out from underneath this massive weight, because we're seeing record inflation, jobless claims are up. They're looking at a wipeout next November. All up and down the ballot, not just the congressional races, gubernatorial races. Have you seen Gretchen Whitmer's approval ratings? What's happened to them in the last three to four months? The term nosedive comes to mind. They're trying to get out from underneath this and they're retconning a story. Don't let them get away with it because all the information and everything that they're citing, none of it's new. None of it is. We were telling you all of these things a year ago at this time. I'll tell you something I haven't told you before. Remember last August when Senator Cruz's office, when Senator Cruz's office sent a letter to CDC Director Robert Redfield trying to finally get clarification on things and data uh, points that our government had been denying us access to for far too long, right? You guys know this. The audience doesn't. I'm going to tell you today because it ties into what I just mentioned to you. I'm the one that wrote those questions. I did it. The senator's office asked me to submit the questions I thought we should try to pin CDC down with. I consulted with my, with my buddy Daniel Horowitz on an, an over a couple of overall themes and points, and then I'm the one that wrote the questions. And I gave them to the senator's office, 
They reworded a couple things to make it sound a little bit more senatorial, but I'm the one that wrote those questions. What school did I go to? Google, research, the internet, common sense, fire your synapses, the brain. Just like Thomas Massey. Yeah, I went to that. <laughs> well, he went to MIT. It's a slightly more impressive place. But that was his point he that was, was making. That was his point, yes. Yeah. And, and what information did I use to get a chance indirectly to corner our freaking head of CDC, Mano Imano, the same information that they're citing now like it's brand freaking new when we knew this a year ago. Nothing is new. The only thing that is new is what they won't acknowledge, which is we had so much natural immunity in the country that we hit the herd immunity threshold that Dr. Marty Macari forecasted three months ago. And that's why all our numbers are collapsing. That's the only point that's new. That's the only data point that's new. And it's the one they won't, they won't acknowledge and they keep lying about. Everything else they're telling you about, well, these are the things that we know now. They knew these things a year ago. I knew these things a year ago. I questioned this, the head of CDC with these things a year ago. They're still, they were lying to you when they locked you down, and they're lying to you now when they're letting you out. She is a doctor and a lawyer. But don't hold that against her because she's also the founder of America's Frontline Doctors. And she joins us now, Dr. Simone Gold. And we have been uh, anxious to get you on our show for a while, Simone. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Steve Dace. How are you? Hi, good afternoon. Great to be here. So, Simone, let me start. First question How does it feel to be proven right about virtually everything? <laughs> you know, I need to come on your show more often. Yes. <laughs> It's exactly, you know, it's, it's good, but it's tragic, mm -hmm. right? Tragic. Um, because the evidence was so clear. I'm startled when people think what I said was so prescient because it was very, very obvious and very, very clear. There was a concerted effort to hide the truth. I didn't have to look hard to discover. There's more than 300 studies that show early medications work. And our government and our media kept that from the American people in the world. So I, I think I want to explain to people that this was not an accident. This was not scientific dispute. This is a concerted effort to hide the truth, life-saving information from you, the American citizen. Simone, I've asked this question on our show several times in the last year. If, if all of this wasn't being done, or if, if, if you don't think this is on purpose, let me put it another way. If all of this was specifically being done in order to discredit cheap therapeutics like hydroxychloroquine, which has been FDA approved for 60 years, ivermectin, which won the Nobel Prize in 2015, if this wasn't all being done specifically in order to discredit those cheap drugs, in order to clear a path for cutting edge and far more expensive pharmaceuticals, what would they have done any differently? 
I mean, if it wasn't on purpose, how would this have played out any differently, Simone, than it ultimately did anyway? Exactly. You have to always look at who benefits, right? The vaccine manufacturers are making incalculable sums from having a clear path, a path cleared by the government to sell their product to every man, woman, and child on the planet. And in addition to that profit motive that we've just laid out for them, we've also thrown human beings to the side because certain numbers of human beings will be harmed. It's an absolute fact. And I think we're seeing uh, you know, a split in society between people that care about all people and people that just care about the collective. You know, I listen to people on the other side who say ridiculous things like, oh, only a thousand people have died or only 5,000 people have died or only 100,000 people have died. It matters if it's your person. So they're talking about myocarditis, for example, and the young people. And people say things like, well, it's only 500 children who've gotten myocarditis. I said, what are you talking about? What if that was your son who then couldn't do any sports, any activity, and needed to be on heart medicine for six months? Isn't that considered important? People on the other side seem to think that's unimportant. It's really tragic. I want to come back to hydroxychloroquine uh, in a moment, as well as the, but I want to go to the myocarditis since you just cited it. That's a heart inflammation often associated with viral outbreaks. And last summer, we almost didn't have a college football season because a couple of major conferences were making the claim of myocarditis uh, being associated uniquely with COVID, and they didn't want to take the risk until doctors from Mayo and Duke and other places came forward and said, that's a scam. We, we, we monitor myocarditis for everything, every viral outbreak every year, year round. There's nothing unique about this. And we ended up having a college football season, thankfully, without any major incidents what I find ironic now, though, is we couldn't potentially at this time last year play college football because of myocarditis, but now we're going to tell college football players they probably can't play this fall without a vaccination that may actually end up causing them myocarditis. Can you talk more about that, Simone? I, I mean, what I focus on is that this myocarditis thing was known since April, or maybe even March, they had reported all these hundreds of cases in Israel, and they continue to roll it out to healthy young people and pretend as though it's not existing until people like myself come public and make enough of a fuss that the American people start waking up and then they start having to pay attention. The FDA is now, uh, uh, the FDA, I think, is now, or the CDC, I think, is meeting tomorrow in kind of an emergency meeting to discuss this. But if we weren't putting pressure on situations like this, they would just let it roll under the rug. And I'm hearing from patients who've been harmed. We have a patient who's coming on, we're representing, who's 18 years old, who had three strokes following a shot. Mm -hmm. We have another person who got very harmed and is now on bed rest from myocarditis. And all these powers that be, elite people are saying these people don't exist or they're crazy or it's coincidental and we're not going to stand for it we're standing up for the american people looking at the data and as a physician simone who should be getting these covid vaccinations in your opinion america's frontline doctors ruled that seven months ago that if you're under 50 these shots are prohibited we base that recommendation on the fact that the fertility implications are unknown and the risk under age 50 is, a, is, is virtually zero 
from, of deaths from COVID-19, virtually zero. Those numbers are from the CDC. You can't give an experimental medication with unknown risk to a group of human beings who don't have any serious life-threatening risk of the thing itself. It's obvious, and that's our position. It hasn't changed. We stand by our initial recommendation, which is that we think you can consider it if you're over age 70, but we discourage it because there are safer options for you, such as hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. So that position hasn't changed. What has changed, though, is we think the risk of the shot is much worse than we initially thought. When you look at the government's own database, there's database. The numbers of deaths in relation in time to people who've gotten shots is astronomical in relation to COVID. In quarter one, 2021, compared to quarter one, 2020, 2019, 2018, the numbers of vaccine deaths have gone up 20,000%. 20,000%. There's more deaths in the first four months of 2021 from vaccines than in the prior 15 years combined. And yet the government still says it's safe and effective. It's a lie. America, it's a lie. If you want to consider the shots for yourself, you should be informed that they're experimental. You should at least have some risk of the thing, which is over age 70. And you should go in with your eyes wide open that there's also earlier treatments that work earlier that are safer because they've been out for decades. What is the reason why we're seeing those skyrocketing adverse effects with these vaccines? Is it the nature of the vaccines themselves, the mRNA methodology? Is it how fast they were rushed and hurried through Operation Warp Speed? Is it a combination of those two? What could you tell us about that? Right. Exactly. It's a combination. First is they never could rush them out safely quickly. And that's because you need sequential animal studies because you have to study things in phases. You have to first see how it is on a small group of animals, on their health and on their pregnancies, on the, the, the animals that are born, their health, right? So you have to do that sequentially. It simply can't be rushed. Once you've done that safely with animals, then you do it in small groups of humans, and then you could do it in large groups of humans. So you simply can't do it quickly. What are we discovering since the vaccines have come out? The vaccines, we are the trial. We are the animal trial. We're not even the long-term animal trial. We're just the animal trial. What we're discovering in our rollout of animal trials using humans as the animal is that the spike proteins themselves are pathogenic or disease-causing. The spike proteins are sticky. They're fusogenic. They stick to the endothelial cells. They stick to the vascular cells. They stick to the lung cells. And they cross the blood-brain barrier. They also... The spike proteins mimic how normal proteins look in our reproductive organs. The spike proteins look similar to syncytium 1 and syncytium 2 proteins on the placenta and and in the ovaries. So we are only discovering all of these things because they've been rolling out so rapidly that it wasn't clearly all stated ahead of time. There were scientists saying these risks. In December of 21, they registered their complaint with the FDA and the European version of the FDA, and they were overruled. They rolled it out anyway. But they're finding it difficult to hide all the evidence, right? So the scientists said, don't do it in December. They did it anyway. Now we're six months later, and we're saying all the evidence is true. Hmm. My understanding is you had a conversation with former Vice President Mike Pence directly about hydroxychloroquine. Is that true? And what can you tell us about it? It's absolutely true. 
please go to americasfrontlinedoctors.org and go to our news section. It's really a bombshell. I finally decided to talk about it. Late July, uh, when I was trying very hard to make hydroxychloroquine over-the-counter so that Americans could get the same treatment people were getting in South America and Honduras, what people getting in Indonesia, what people were getting in India, what people getting in Iran, but we couldn't get it in Indiana, for example. I was trying to make it over-the-counter because I knew the government, through the state medical boards and the state pharmacy boards, doctors and enabling pharmacists to ignore doctors' orders for hydroxychloroquine. I knew the solution was to make it over-the-counter. Every time people heard me say this, they got me you know, higher and higher up the decision-making ladder. Finally, I was face-to-face with Vice President Pence for more than an hour. There were four doctors. There was four there was eight people in the room total, including the vice president and his two aides. I was sitting right next to the vice president and had his ear for about 65 minutes, where I outlined that hydroxychloroquine needed to be made over the counter for two reasons. One is the morality and ethics of saving human life, right? And the second reason was a month after hydroxychloroquine would be over the counter, death rates in America would have gone to zero and they would have sailed into November. So it was the obvious thing, it was the ethical thing, it was the moral thing, it was the politically intelligent thing to do. And, and, and the vice president was noncommittal, and of course it never happened. But it absolutely happened. There were many witnesses to this happening. We had spent a couple of months drawing up an executive order to present to the president so that we could ask the secretary uh, Azar of Health and Human Services to get it signed off, that we can make it over the counter. And, and it's really a shame that that's not what happened. When you see studies now, and there's been multiple studies that have come out recently, as you know, Simone, on hydroxychloroquine as basically um, a key ingredient uh, in, a, in, a, in a cocktail prophylaxis or treatment to COVID, for example, one study found it reduced mortality amongst the elderly uh, over 200%. Remdesivir's own claims, whether it lives up to that or not, they claim about 60% a decrease in lethality in the trials that they did last year. And that's that, I think, cost over $3,000 for a five-day dose uh, for the average American billed either Medicare, Medicaid, or their insurance. Whereas I could go on GoodRx.com, and if I have a script, I can get hydroxychloroquine delivered to me for 15 bucks for a, you know, a bottle of 60 pills. When, when, when you see these studies now coming out, your reaction to that is what? My reaction is I wish that the people in charge of these decisions could be criminally indicted and thrown in jail for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else can you say? What else can you say? They threw away the elderly nursing home frail people. They, 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 they caused hundreds of thousands of people. They contributed to hundreds of thousands of people dying. They contributed to millions and millions of people getting incredibly sick. They shut down the world economy. They shut down the United States economy. They shut down the churches. They tried to bankrupt the middle class. They should be in jail forever. Really, I'd like to see Nuremberg trials where people were hanged for these crimes. Simone, people want to follow the work you guys do at America's Frontline Doctors. How would you suggest they do that? I just want to say... I never talk this aggressively. I don't know if your viewers and listeners, you know, understand how much wrong has gone on for me to say something like this. Mm-hmm. What has gone on is criminal. It's murder. It's, uh, it's woeful negligence. It's, it's the financial implications of people who are really being paid off to make these policies. It's horrific. 
please go to americasfrontlinedoctors.org. We're on national tour. We're in the Northeast right now. americasfrontlinedoctors.org slash tour or aflds.org slash tour. And you can come and listen to everything we have to say live and in person. And, you know, just just don't really, I, I just want to encourage people. You know, I wrote a little book last year. It's called I Do Not Consent. And in that book, I teach people how to recognize propaganda in real time. That's our purpose. We want to empower people to not fall for such lies. You can go to americasfrontlinedoctors.org and you can sign up for a telemedicine visit so you can get the medications that you need, have them in a medicine cabinet. If you should come down stars too, you're prepared. Educate yourself with the information we have on our website about what these shots mean and what they could potentially do. And, and we're here to help you. We're not supported by Big Pharma. We're supported by Americans. People always ask, how do we do this? I said, small dollar donations from the American people. We work for the Americans. We work for the American people. And frankly, we work for all of humanity across the world. Simone, you guys, uh, and you in particular, are, are, are doing the Lord's work. And trust me, don't worry about the fire erratic. This audience has heard that and even worse for me in the last year. So thank you very much for what you're doing to get the truth out. Godspeed. And we really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today, Simone. Of course. God bless. All right. Same to you. If you are thinking of getting involved in the real estate market during these, shall we call them, unprecedented times, uh, and you're not sure where can I go to find an agent. In fact, a guy sent me an email, said, hey, I went to real estate agents I trust, got a great agent. Now, though, given what's gone on in the last year, can you guys do doctorsitrust.com? So I'm not sure where to go get one of those. Yeah. Right. All right. So if you want to be the next success story uh, by making sure you've got an agent that you can trust to take charge, but also recognize that ultimately you're the one calling the shots. Where would you find that agent? Hey, we'll throw in a proven track record of success as well. Again, the name kind of says it all. Just go to this website. Company started by Glenn and his associates. Real estate agents. I trust.com. Again, that's real estate agents. I trust.com. Thought oh, or yeah. two on that. Oh, yeah. There was a movie made once about children being uh, stolen uh, and abused and uh, enslaved, and, and nobody uh, would believe them at all. And it was also about this uh, pagan high priest who is literally ripping the hearts out of people's chest. Myocarditis, anyone? That movie was called uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and it turns out it was a documentary about Big Pharma. I'll allow it. <laughs> you know, um, I have like 20 seconds here. If you're not at least entertaining some of the things, I, 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 what she said in that segment is really not that much different than the implications of Fauci and Bargain. The implications, if this is even 20% right about hydroxychloroquine or the dangers or side effects of the vaccines, guys, that is, it's, it's criminal and tribunals need to be had. Hour two is next. All right, we are back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Uh, Steve Dace here with Todd Erz and Aaron McIntyre. We didn't have a lot of time to break that conversation down, but boy, howdy. Um, we should maybe consider putting that conversation on Rumble as a separate, because Lord knows that won't last for three seconds on YouTube, right? Mm -mm, no. And we're already on to two don't, strikes. Don't. 
don't say YouTube. Yeah, I uh, know. The, the I, platform I which not the, be, should not be yeah, named. Thank uh -huh. you for correcting me. I appreciate that. Um, but uh, it won't last two seconds there, and that'll be three strikes, and you're out for us, right? So, um, but we should definitely break that out by itself on Rumble because that conversation with Simone Gold was gold. I mean, it it was TNT too, man. It it packed a wallop and a punch. And I wish I could say I was surprised that she made a direct, we made a direct appeal to Mike Pence as well to save religious liberty in Indiana. And he cowered. We made a direct appeal to, on his, to, to end his silly coronavirus task force. Uh, Debbie Burks, I, I know for a fact, was handpicked by Pence. That task force is one of the absolute worst personnel decisions ever made in the history of the presidency. And we're still paying for it with the omnipresence of Anthony Fauci as we speak. So he's oh, the, the, oh for 2. So it, would anybody be shocked with that as a track record? And forget, forget about January 6th, because I, I actually agree that constitutionally Mike Pence could not do what Donald Trump was asking him to do. But I'm also not one that thinks it's I'm obligated to uphold the eighth, the 14th sentence of the eighth amendment while you're trashing the previous ones that matter more. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, so I don't care. Right. Like I, I don't really care that you've never, um, you know, murdered somebody or stolen from somebody. Um, if what you you're murdering then, me now you're murdering me now or you're preaching the doctrine of demons that will murder my soul later you know what i'm saying there's a hierarchy of values but yeah trump did him dirty he set him up to fail so i mean to me that's sowing and reaping in action if you ask yeah me. when you've been a coward your whole life yeah, yeah you end up there sooner or so later. i mean I, i'm not shocked at all to hear in fact it it took a scintilla morsel of a testy for pence to even take that meaning right um, so I, I, I'm not surprised. I'm sure he looked at her with furrowed brow <laughs> and was, yes, indeed. This is all very, very serious, right? I mean, get the bleep out of here with that. Okay. I, I mean, I, cool dude. I mean, that's, you know, I appreciate the piety you practice. Get into missions. Go model that somewhere in the world where they need to see that. But here in the arena where blood is spilled and lives are lost, he, that dude is a squealer. He just doesn't have what it takes on any level whatsoever. So I'm not surprised to hear Mike Pence went unsticed three times a Haiti buckwheat. Now, this is the third opportunity he's had to show some level of courage of conviction on something that might actually make a difference for somebody other than himself in the political arena, and he is over, baby, over on that. Is there a greater poster child than him for what's wrong with the church? You were asking me recently about your next book project and what should be the cover art. Maybe it should just be his face. Ow. The last two things Todd have said is just great. And again, I'll allow it. Yeah. Allowed. Sustained. On a day that the Supreme Court, I don't even know how to analyze this. You're right. I, not that I knew you were wrong. I just, I just... I just needed to see it for myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So during the break, I did read, you're right. They did uphold the 15-year the battle that's been going on here with Catholic adoption agencies and, and the Rainbow Jihad. Nine to nothing. Yeah. I didn't even know what to say to that. I, I'm just, 
Thank you, Jesus. I guess is that the that's, that's my start? that's my legal analysis. <laughs> Seriously, it's the only yeah. legal analysis. I, I I I have no other legal analysis for what prompted Sonia Sotomayor and John Roberts. I, I don't know what else to say. Thank you, Jesus. That's my <laughs> that's my legal analysis, and we can break it down on this show, right, and get into the nitty gritty and the weeds. I, not I, I got nothing for how this court came back nine to nothing. That you can't rainbow jihad Catholic adoption agencies. I don't know what else to say to that. So, praise God. That's my legal analysis. It makes you look around to see if like an anvil's about to yeah, fall out that, of the sky in your head or something. That, I, oh, I'm actually looking for like a a trumpet sound or a star in the east, man. I mean, that's that's just an act of God, I guess. So, thank you. I mean, praise the Lord. Um, this portion of the show, Theology Thursday. By the way, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us for Theology Thursday. I think we have a fantastic question we're going to answer here in just a moment. You can also look for us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Look for my name, Steve Dace, there. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you're looking for clips of the show, rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And if you are a podcast listener, and our podcast has grown like a couple hundred percent in the last year. So thank you. Hit that subscribe button for us. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star review as well. Uh, Those two things help the show to grow. And we want to thank all of you that have done those things for us already. Theology Thursday brought to you by a film that is out right now that you can get on demand that I make a couple of cameo appearances in. It's called The Order of Rights. And what I like about this pro-life film is it's explicitly... The issue is explicitly tackled from a legal standpoint. What rights, what happens if we acknowledge a fetus as a person? How does that change the argument? What rights does a father have to not want his child killed? Does the mother, is the mother the only one that has an opportunity uh, to speak up in the matter? Does the father not have any rights as well. Uh, this film was voted most inspirational movie at the 2019 International Christian Film uh, Festival. So if you want to see this movie, I think several of the legal arguments and stuff that are presented, we, that we've done some really good pro-life films recently, you know, that little film Unplanned, right? This is the first, the only one I know of, though, that has taken our arguments into, like the Roe v. Wade film does a good job of showing you the arguments they were arguing in 1972 this though takes the arguments that we often make against abortion legally on shows like this and puts them into how would let's game theory this out how would this play out in a legal setting so it's available right now on amazon prime apple tv itunes google voodoo video and vimeo you can also just you want to watch the trailer uh, visit orderofrightsmovie.com again that's orderofrightsmovie.com And you should also know the other side argument is presented objectively, or at least objectively as we can. I mean, they went and got our, they got lawyers from Planned Parenthood to say, hey, if we presented this argument in court, how would you guys come Mm -hmm. back against this? And so that's all played out in the film. Again, orderofrightsmovie.com. So let us get to Theology Thursday. Let me start with the question, and I want to know what you guys think of it. This is from Greg. Greg says, I love your show, but a concept I am struggling with is the spirit of the ages demand that we be held accountable for the sins of those before us versus the Christian concept of original sin. At the risk of seeming obtuse, I can't reconcile the two. How is original sin, meaning that I am born, imputed in, sin is imputed into me when I am born? 
How is the, 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 the biblical concept of original sin any different from the spirit of the age, which demands I be held accountable for actions that are not of my own? See, I think this is a really good question. What do you guys think? Yeah, this is a great question. It's an outstanding question, particularly since we haven't even gotten, I imagine you go there, the Old Testament, we talk about the sins of the father are the sins right? of the son, and yes. Yes. So. so the question is so good, Greg, that you prompted me to do something I like almost never do, dude. I'll go speak to heads of state, large crowds, no notes. All right? There's only, in fact, there's only two people I've ever interviewed in my career that I actually did some level of, like you asked me, what are you going to talk to Simone Gold about? I'm like, I don't know, we'll figure it out when we get there, you know? Um, the only two people that I've encountered who I think the way they process information is, is at a point that I can't keep up with it. With, I, I can't keep up with it. Unless you're prepared. Unless I'm prepped, are Shapiro and Newt. When we've had those two people on, I make sure I do an extra level of prep because I know that if I slip or if I give a bad premise or something, it, it's it's getting exposed, right? So I, I, I do a little bit of extra time in the batting cage when I know those guys are, you know, on the mound tomorrow. Other than that, I just kind of wing it. But for your question, Greg, I thought this was such an important distinction to draw that I actually wrote out some talking points I want to share, and then I'm going to open it up to you guys. Who's on Dace's Mount Rushmore of prep? Newt, <laughs> Ben Shapiro, and Greg. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so well, well done, Greg. All right, so let me start. First of all, we got to set some ground rules, and that's the first point I want to make. The spirit of the age isn't God. Only God is God. So God alone has the authority to make declarative statements and assessments about human nature. He's our creator. He is God. So I think, I don't think we do this enough, and I'm guilty of it, that we will right away going to the philosophical application of something. When I think it more and more, we need to reassert Agreed. the authority around here, or yep. the order of authority as opposed to the order of rights movie I was just talking about, the order of authority. So Greg, this is a very good question, and we should as a show, because we're making these sorts of claims, we should, when you put us on the spot, re reason through them, right? Yes. And we're going to. But first and foremost, let us declare, God is God, and the spirit of the age is not. God doesn't owe us squat. We've all rebelled against him. We've all violated him. We've all abused him. We've all smeared him. We've all blasphemed him. He owes us nothing. Nothing. But because God is God, he still gave us everything. But he owes us nothing. So I want to make sure from the outset, we don't believe evil is equal to good on this show. We believe evil cannot hold God's jockstrap. So God gets to make these declarative statements and judgments because he's God. So I want to make sure you all don't believe that we believe there's a moral equivalency here. There is not. There's a philosophical dilemma that needs to be addressed, but there is no moral equivalency. Given what we have done to God, he is entitled to do whatever he wants to us. <clears throat> Number two, 
God demonstrates, this is kind of a derivative of point number one, God demonstrates his superior and unrivaled holiness, justice, mercy, and grace by sending his son to die for us, even in our sinful state. While the spirit of the age offers no ultimate atonement, no ultimate forgiveness, no ultimate redemption, or any ultimate absolution, only endless accusation. So again, we should not attempt to draw a parallel or equivalency between God and the spirit of the age. Because in point one, I mentioned from a sovereign standpoint, from a hierarchy of authority standpoint, the spirit of the age is a pimple on God's rear end. It's not equal, correct? And it's already been lanced. It's defeated. Indeed. Oh, that's well put. Now, though... On Now we will draw the moral case, morally, from an integrity, from a character standpoint. Even if the spirit of the age were to come into the presence and the throne of God and claim that it had a claim against him, who has demonstrated a superior love and character for us, God or the spirit of the age? God. God. So first point, we want, to, we want to set some ground rules here. Number one, the spirit of the age is not equal in authority to God. In fact, it pales by comparison. And number two, the spirit of the age does not have any claim of moral equivalency with God. Their characters aren't even comparable on any level whatsoever. Amen. Amen. And I think we need to do more of this, by the way. Not When I say us, not just on this show. I mean like in our pulpits, at home, in our cultures. I think we, you know, as long as we've got a good follow-up, I don't think you can just like leave it there in the era in which we live. But if you've got a good follow-up, and I hope in a minute that I do, I think we more often need to lead with, because he's God and you ain't. How you like them apples? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Because otherwise we end up pontificating here like Job's friends, and then eventually God shows up and says, "Uh, shut your hole, know your role here. Right? So he's God, we're not. That is is ultimately the answer to everything. That doesn't mean we aren't we aren't eligible. I was going to say entitled, and that wouldn't be the right word. We're not eligible to, at times, get a more complete answer than that, right? right? With our own kids, the older they get, the more respectful they are. We give them more details if they have a follow-up question or even some pushback, correct? Yes. But then ultimately, there is a line. I'm dad and you're not. Oh, I'm mom. You're not. He's God. We aren't. Fair? Yes. He's God, spirit of the age ain't. So with those two points set as the plumb line here, let's address the philosophical dilemma. I believe the philosophical dilemma here is we are conflating belief, we're, conf- we're conflating nature with belief and behavior. And I'm going to put belief and behavior together. While confronting man with his sinful nature, God also makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust alike. God honors and blesses even those who have not received or sought on any way, shape, or form his ultimate forgiveness. They will still bless them at times. In that he gave, let me give you some examples. He gave intellect to materialistic scientists so they could still, while they're teaching you that life sprung from nothing 20 billion years ago, they still come up with some really cool stuff that relieves suffering, don't they? Yes. Yeah, where'd that intellect come from? 
<clears throat> he gave it to those rebellious materialistic scientists. Uh, the creativity to unbelieving artists to instill art, beauty, imagination. How many of us, while we were locked down the past year, went and did things like, let's go watch all the MCU movies again. Let's go watch all the Star Wars movies again with our kids and get some form of escape, enjoyment. Where'd the talent, the imagination, the creativity for those achievements, where did they come from? From God. Do those achievements at times, we point out they indirectly honor him, right? We just did that with Loki the yes. other day, right? But do they ever truly, really directly do so? Almost never. And yet he gave them those gifts anyway, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about an unbeliever or uh, a pagan or wrong religion believing first responder or soldier? Does that individual still have courage to lay down their lives for us in our place? Yes. Yes. Meaning that though man's nature is sinful, since man still carries the image of God as his creation, God still grants un even unbelievers the common grace to be blessed and be a blessing to others. And in that pursuit, they are held for no they are held accountable for no sins but their own. Meanwhile, the spirit of the age says that you cannot do good or have your works for others accepted as good until you accept that because of the way you look and or the class of people you belong to or what you believe, you are bad. But only those who belong, therefore, to certain races, classes, or have other certain beliefs are inherently bad, while those who do not but believe what the spirit of the age does are inherently good, regardless of what is their actual character. So, for example... A gay black man who teaches seven-year-olds how to twerk has nothing to seek forgiveness for. While a straight white business owner who created a product that millions enjoy and maybe employs millions more, um, he's considered unforgivable because he voted for Trump or dead-named Bruce Jenner on Twitter once. See the guy who created uh, that uh, scary uh, video game for nine-year-olds. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Fab Freddy's or something like that? Yep. Yeah. Okay. The guy who founded Mozilla, for example, okay, yes. canceled, gone. Wrong think, wrong belief, you're out. Even though God confronts our sinful nature because he is just, on some level he still honors and allows us to share in the blessings of our good behavior. Now, good behavior does not ultimately reconcile us fully to God because we still need atonement for the sins we either still behave or believe due to our sinful nature. But God can walk and chew gum at the same time. He can do mercy and judgment at the same time. So even the unrepentant are permitted a life of service, honor, and or blessing this side of heaven, maybe a phenomenal marriage, children who rise up and call them blessed. Donald Trump once said, I've never asked God for forgiveness because I've never done anything wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, say whatever you want about Donald Trump. Could anybody really, if they were hooked up to sodium pentothal, a sodium pentothal drip, could they claim Donald Trump's children do not honor him? Nope. No, they could not. So here is a man who, by his own admission... I've never asked God for forgiveness because I've never done anything wrong. I know, I stood 20 feet from him when he said it. And yet that same man who clearly has gotten a lot of things right, but he kind of got the ultimate main thing in life wrong with that statement, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But still, still, 
as God bestowed upon him the honor of children who rise up every morning, defend the old man, stand in the gap for him and call him and rise up and call him blessed. Yes. Yeah, they do. Is Trump deserving of that? No. No. Is anybody deserving of that? No. No. That's why they call it grace. Now, on the other hand, the spirit of the age says you don't have a sinful nature provided you are doing its approved belief and behaviors. And it's only those who don't do its approved belief and behaviors who have a sinful nature. And those people can't even be considered citizens, let alone influencers in a civil society. You must be canceled. So while God permits you to enjoy the Eagles Greatest Hits Volume 1, which a couple weeks ago reassumed the perch as the number one best-selling album of all time, He did give Glenn, Don, and the boys, they, he's the one that gave them all those talents to sing Peaceful, Easy Feeling and Already Gone yes, and one of these nights in Hotel California, right? Okay. So while God permits you to enjoy talents given to those that he, don't use the talents he gave them to directly honor and praise him, the spirit of the age will cancel you instead. For example, a band like Casting Crowns, who I think is incredibly talented, and their song catalog in terms of Lyrics and musical arrangement, I think, fits in very well with a lot of the top-level, elite-level pop acts of this age. Yet, because they do seek to directly honor and specifically glorify God, the spirit of the age banishes them to, the, to one of the extreme ends of the radio dial where very few people will ever uh, migrate to. That's the difference. Let me stop there. Any thoughts? I can see why you wrote it down. That's my thought. I mean, mm-hmm. you, 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 I like it, the fact that you saw something here that you were absolutely not going to let one iota slip, slip by the goalie on this one. Mm-hmm. This is for the next front in the war against the spirit of the age. This is theologically and what should be foundational to us and, and we're talking about racialism this should be our our foundation here from a theological and practical worldview standpoint it's a very very important distinction being drawn um, that can be twisted very very easily and maybe I've wondered I'll just be honest, and now listening to this, I've wondered why it is so seemingly susceptible for some branches, it's like the Southern Baptist Convention right now, of of Christianity, why some of them seem to be so um, easily manipulated by the lies of, of racialism and this critical race. I think it may be a conflation of what we're talking about here. So this is very important. So just to sum up, number one, The spirit of the age is not equal to or has any claim on the authority of God, number one. And so since God is the ultimate authority, he gets to define the definitions and standards for anything at any time that he darn well chooses. That's number one. Number two, the spirit of the age has no claim on moral equivalency when comparing its character to the character of God. And then number three, Those first two points are proven true 
by the way, each side treats who they perceive to be or who as their enemies or their enemies perceive them to be. Meaning I'm, I'm an enemy of God because I think he is this. Okay. And what, what happens there is even, even those that will never repent and God has known since the, since the earth was formed, will never repent. He often still grants the opportunity to experience love in marriage, love through parenting, the leaving of a legacy, the ability to impact people positively and have people positively impact them. Just like a Christmas morning. Is everybody who gets up Christmas morning and opens presents, do they really truly know what the lyrics joy to the world really mean? No, but God still permits them a a morsel of what that joy really means that morning, though, does he not? Right. Does the spirit of the age give any accommodations to its perceived enemies or whom it perceives as its enemies whatsoever? Any. No. No. In fact, it doesn't matter how good your contributions are overall. Yesterday, a group of scientists admitted that the reason they didn't tell you the truth last year about the Wuhan lab is because it was more dangerous to be associated with Donald Trump than it was to come forward and defy China. That's the spirit of the age. It it wouldn't matter how much suffering they've relieved, how many secrets of the universe they've unlocked, how many future soothsayers and prophesiers and 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 geniuses they've they've discipled that will bless future generations all of their previous works canceled no amount of goodwill stored up would make a difference you've crossed this one line and you won't even be permitted to make amends you won't even be permitted to be a contributing member Give me emails I've gotten in the last couple of years from people. I work in sports media at a major outlet. I work in a major hospital at a major university. Don't use my name. No. There is when we face when we when we the reason we believe Can I preach for a second? Well, more than all we already have. Wow. Okay. The reason we may perceive that there is a dilemma in trying to in, in trying to reconcile the idea that we are born into sin with the way the spirit of the age convicts us of sins we haven't even yet committed is because one of two things is true. And three things is true. One, we haven't truly confronted and come face to face with just how sinful we are. Two, we haven't truly confronted or come face to face with just how holy God is. Or three, a mixture of both one and two. That's cash money. Will that work? That works. Full stop. I still have another minute I have to fill, though. <laughs> what you, you know what? The, you've said this before. is what happens when I remember to bring my built bar, guys. <laughs> Go ahead, Todd. I'm sorry. No, you've talked before about how just be, you know just because you, your sins are 
as black as black can be. Grace, total grace is applicable to you just like anybody else. But you've asked out loud many times on this show, are there are, are the consequences, temporal consequences of your sin whitewashed? No. no. There are uh, no. there are still those. And there are still those for people you love who are related to if, you. If I back out of this parking lot after the show today and I don't check my mirrors, yes. okay, and, and, and someone's walking through the parking lot and I run them over and they die, all right, will God allow the earthly pagan system that right now is seeking to eradicate him from public view to hold me accountable yes. for vehicular homicide? Yes. 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 Will I go to hell for that? If, if, I'm, if I'm truly repentant for it? Mm-hmm. No. That's the distinction you're talking about. Well, yeah, but the economy, there's still those consequences. But here's a consequence that, that there isn't. There isn't a guy who looks like Steve, who happens to be the same race down the road, who because, just because somebody feels he's a lot like Steve, that guy does not have to pay the consequence. Yeah. That's what the spirit of the age demands. Yes, that's exactly right, too. Amen, brother. Three non-political questions. Thank you, Greg, for that question. Three non-political questions, which knowing Aaron's track record will not come near the value and worth of the question Greg just asked. We'll be next. It's my... Three non-political questions brought to you by Rough Greens. It's that... Precious little powder we've been telling you about, full of uh, of rich, dense nutrients, vitamins, minerals, pre, probiotics, uh, antioxidants, the stuff your pet needs. But chances are your puppy's food was stripped of that once it left the store and then you went to the store to buy it. So it would be available for mass consumption and distribution. The same thing happens with the people food. That's why we're buying so many supplements today. We have a joke in our house. There is what our our biweekly Walmart grocery bill is when we actually run through all the food and then at the end is when we get to all the supplements and the toiletry needs because you got teenagers so their toiletry needs go up but and then there's what the bill is and we get that bill because it gives you a running total you get through all the food you're like wow man we're we're gonna do really good this this uh this shopping period then you get to the supplements and the toiletries and you're like no we pretty much spent the same exact amount of money all right so we're spending a lot ton of money on supplements these days because our food is stripped of this stuff as well now there though is a supplement for your puppy it's that powder known as rough greens you mix it into your pet's food that they already love and if they're like my pet they'll love it more but maybe you're not sure your pet might be more finicky or unlike mine have standards all right i guess here's how to find out how about we give you that 14-day jumpstart back for free? You're just going to pay for the shipping. All right, you pay a couple bucks for the shipping, but the bag is on us, so you've got a good couple of weeks to see. If you don't see, if not only does your pet like this, but do you see a difference in your pet as well? And you got to think that if they're offering it to you for nothing out of their pocket, they're pretty com- confident you're coming back for more, right? Roughgreens.com is the website to take them up on this challenge. R-U-F-F is how it is spelled. Roughgreens.com, or you can give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. That's 833-ROUGH-DOG. It's now time for three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. 
some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. Yes, because we need a little reprieve from the demise, decline, and fall of Western civilization and the American way of life. Three non-political questions. Maybe this isn't so much of a reprieve, this first question. What is Major League Baseball's business model? That? Notice the long pause. Uh, uh, yeah, chocolate, <laughs> vanilla, and strawberry. <laughs> um, let me try to answer it the way... Is Rob Manfred, he's still the commissioner, right? Yeah. All right, if he were here and we gave him the Wonder Woman lasso of truth, what would he say do you think it is? Not not what their pitch no, no, is, no. Yeah, no, no, but I what gotcha. would he say it is? Milking nostalgia as long as we can until we figure out what to do because we currently have no idea. About reaching a new generation of fans. Is that, is that what you mean? About. Don't know what about to do about. If if the nostalgia runs dry. Yes. Is this thing just dead man walking? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good answer, actually. Um, it, it appears, and you guys have heard me say this before, talking about coaches and and executive leaders in other positions, when when the original vision stops working and they just start trying things, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't it seem like, and keep in mind, this is the grand old game, man. Right? It's America's pastime. It essentially mainstreamed professional sports in America, this game did. It's on its third century of record keeping. But doesn't it appear they're just kind of randomly trying stuff? Yes. All right. You know, like it took them like 20 years to put the wild card in and there was at least some kind of thought into it, you know, now let's have a play in game, you know, let's, you know, a runner on second. It just, it does feel like who was the White Sox GM in the seventies or he actually was there for decades. He had like the, um, I don't think he can use the term midget anymore, right? Is that a bad word now? I can't ever, I can't keep up. But like at the midget hitter, you know, uh, disco sure. demolition night, sure. you know what I'm thinking of? Okay. He was just known for just, you know, the, he, they, they wore shorts in the late 70s, the White Sox did. What was his name? Bill something or something or other? He's rather. the Oakland A's guy. Uh, oh, you think of Charlie Finley. That's yeah, a different, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. the owner. But the White Sox back in the day had a guy that was kind of known as being a, yeah, uh, no, no, you know, right, kind of yeah. a crazy GM. Yeah. For just trying gimmicks, okay? It it kind of feels like that's like, and it was kind of cool and kitschy and cheeky and, you know, you had the venerable Cubs on the other side of town. It was Bill Veck. That's yeah. who, that's the guy's name, all right? Yep. Just came to me. It feels like this thing is being Bill Veck now, like at an institutional level, right? Yeah. Like they, you, I get the sense as a guy, this is my first favorite sport. I still love the sport. I, it's just there's too many games. And if the Tigers aren't any good, I just can't emotionally get involved in it every day with my schedule. But I still watch the playoffs every year. And it's I just get the vibe that the people running the sport really don't believe in 
the essence in the DNA of their sport. But they, at the same time, know that they still have to figure out how to honor that in order to remain in control of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they just went disco demolition night out f- full bore, they'd be cast out as heretics and the traditionalists would take right. back over. So it feels like we're getting like a, a, a cover band, karaoke version of baseball with who's actually running the sport nowadays. Say what you want about the previous commissioner. He held the job for too long, didn't always make good decisions, made enemies. Like, you know, basing home field advantage on the All-Star game was dumb. This time it counts. Right? I mean, it was dumb, right? But did anybody believe that Bud didn't love the game? Oh, no. No, his whole life was the game. Yes. Okay. Can you? Are you sure you think that about the people right now? I don't running think- it? I don't think that at all. Yeah. Like, they strike me as the people you bring into a dying, to a church that is large. Like, think of a church like whatever church, in, I think it was in, was it in Nashville where Adrian Rogers was a pastor, right? Built a massive, or Charles Stanley in Atlanta now. And, you know, Charles ain't buying green bananas these days, right? Okay. And, and so let's say he passes away. And the generation that were the elders and deacons of that church that, that were the generation that God rose up to build this church of massive influence right in the heart of Atlanta. And, and they're aging, right? And so a new generation takes over. And at first you think they're just going to kind of moderate, moderate, they're going to modernize your approach. And then after a while you start get, talking to them and realize they actually don't really believe in the fundamentals of yes. what we were preaching from the pulpit. It's not that they want to modernize to advance these principles. Right. This is a cover for the fact they don't believe in the principles. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I get. Yeah, I, I think this relates to what I said just last week about uh, NBA basketball and uh, load management. Mm. Like, it's so antithetical to the Michael Jordan, Larry Bird. Like, they would do like, over my dead body. I'm here to play. And I, I, I think that ethos is very much less you know with um it was a problem with just the disparities of of revenue that caused one guy billy bean to invent moneyball and he did that because i i had to become a mad scientist on some level Mm -hmm. to win Mm -hmm. but i want to win and i want to win because the business model was basically because i love baseball Mm -hmm. but that started a perversion that turned into now the science of baseball, launch angle, all this nonsense. So all of the great romance of why grown men played baseball with different styles. Their names are Whitey Herzog, Sparky Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, speed, uh, moving runners over, power. All of it was part of it now. And it that's the game. That's what made people get on there. Even if it wasn't uh, that particular philosophy uh, statistically didn't quite have uh, the numbers if you had the math, which we do now to go back and look at it. But it was, we don't play baseball because of launch angle. We play it, baseball because it's damn fun. This is a meta. This is this is allegorical to the entire culture. Yes. yes. I mean, you go back to Billy to to Billy Bean. They were looking with they were looking for analytical advantages within the actual confines of the game itself. Yes. They were not trying to change the nature or essence of the no. game. 
That's what's going on now. Yes. We've gone from the the Sabbath was made for man to man has been now made for the Sabbath. That's That's fascinating. Um, Simply put, I think Major League Baseball's business model is, hope this works, uh, because I don't know how you're going to reach the next generation of, of potential fans by making your product as difficult as possible to actually enjoy. I mean, even from the radio side... Uh, there, we used to have our main sports station. They used to carry Cardinals baseball. Yeah, you, you can't you can't pick up. Car- and this is St. Louis. This is a you know a, a marquee team, especially in the in the Midwest. You can't find a Cardinals affiliate uh, for miles around. Can't find a Royals affiliate for miles around. Uh, two of the the major teams here in the in in the Midwest. So, um, and then the, that's to say nothing about the television side, which I have no idea how you even watch watch games in your own market now. I really don't know that unless you like even even around here specifically. Um, now this is not this is a localized problem. You can't hardly watch any of the local teams around here. They're all they're all blacked out. Just get the MLB Network and get their whip around show where they just every night yeah. go on site when there's a key play or a key moment in the game. That's what I would do. That's yeah, a, that's in, a lot of fun. Major League, uh, you know, Major League uh, or MLB TV kind of has a show like that on on uh, on YouTube TV, which is. Which is nice. Uh, question two: If you could be a fly on the wall anywhere right now, where would you be? The Mar-a-Lago. When Lindsey Graham and anybody else currently involved in talking to Trump about primary endorsements show up, I I would like to know what those conversations are, and how that gets decided that would be my choice uh ron DeSantis's morning meeting as he says to his staff so whose ass should we kick today (laughs) 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 who's cruising for a bruising here in the sunshine state i love that i would love to be a, a fly on the wall at basically any any um behind closed doors upper echelon meeting at uh, Facebook or Google or Apple. That's where I would like to be, just to see what that environment is like. See, I'm not sure I would understand the ancient dialectic Sumerian yeah. that would be spoken in those proceedings, brother, if you know what I'm saying, gee. Yeah, it's a it's a cross yeah. between that and... Um, and uh, lizard people talk. I, I don't know the, the, the language of that, but uh, yeah, the lizard people have Parcel tongue? Exactly. Thank yes. you. Uh, question three. What's the most masculine manual labor you've ever done? And when did you do it? Uh, I worked. One of my jobs I had for manpower was with, with uh, for a couple weeks with loggers. So, you know, like I don't, didn't know how to use any of the tools, but like hauling around the wood and. You know, the stuff really? they cut down. Yeah. You've, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I know it's funny to assume that that could have happened, but it did. Yes. That's not what I'm thinking about. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> then we probably so don't want you, to know that. What did you handle when you were working at Manpower? <laughs> no, come on, man. Come on. Trucker Glock. <laughs> See, ladies, I told you we don't ever leave the sixth grade. It just never happens. All right. I like the way, I, and I turned right around when I grabbed that big old log and walked to Ennis. I like the way you handle your rig. Yes, 
Yeah, I would say that it's maybe. It's a weird name for a company. Yeah. I did. I worked for some loggers for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Everybody now must answer this. Aaron, you're talking about manpower, aren't you? Yes, yeah. the temp agency at yeah, manpower. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, it's me? Yeah. Uh, roofing. Roofing. Yeah, yes. that's pretty good. Roofing. Yeah, I, I mean, I spent a... I spent a summer working for a contractor um, uh, after my freshman year in, in college. <clears throat> so we did a lot of roofing, built a whole house. It was it was good. Probably the most masculine ma- ma- manual labor that I've done is in high school, back when you know I didn't really give two figs about my back or my neck. Uh, I would actually be able to to pull out fence posts. Uh, some of them wooden. Some of them hedge posts, which are like have dog legs and things like that. Uh, a lot of metal. Po- I would be able to pull fence posts out of the ground with my bare hands. That's pretty masculine. Just that is just in case you didn't. That is didn't know. Yeah, that's it for three non-political questions. I also once I did furniture moving, or I did a warehouse uh, delivery actually. Yeah, warehouse delivery. It was appliances. Did you get tipped? No, I did not. But by the end of that summer, I got to the point, man, it was like a big challenge is, could you get to the point that you could put double washers in the box on your dolly and move them? That was like the big challenge amongst the guys. It took me nearly the entire summer, but I finally got to the point that I could like safely put double washers on the dolly. Steve is finding a way to win in every situation. I I, I mean, I was like the last one that was able to do it, but- I refused to lose and to quit, so uh, I went through with that. I'd like to tell you the couple of years I worked at UPS, that's pretty manly work, but did I figured out pretty quickly, don't be really good at loading these trucks. Just be good enough to, to get vested in the union. And then I, I wormed my way and talked my way into working. I manipulated the situation to do next, next day air, where I just stood there and making good money in college, just scanning envelopes for next day air every day. That it was is shocking. America gets its packages, quite frankly, after seeing how the sausage is made. Yeah, when you work there? Yeah. Yeah. Did you did, when now I was there in the 90s. You did it just in the last 4, 5, 6 years, yeah. right? Did they still have the Toledo load? They still have that? I've never heard of that. Okay, because when I was there, Toledo was like the ad hoc if it wasn't just what was going to Toledo. It was like the central hub for anything with a bad label, bad address. And the, I mean, the amount of Toledo, that was the worst load to pack every night because of the amount of packages and stuff that would have to go there every day. I mean, those guys had to be like, that did that. I did that for like a night, Johnny Dangerously, a night. And that's when I realized next day airs the job for me. (laughs) Is that a dude code violation or did I get credit for successfully manipulating the situation in my favor? Oh, the latter. Thank you. I work there. Trust me, the latter. Yes. (laughs) We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.